What's up, everybody? Do you sometimes feel like there's public opinions that you just don't agree with? Or maybe you have beliefs that you just don't agree with or you'd like to change. Well, today we're going to be talking about changing the narrative. This is the Existential Stoic Podcast. I'm Randy. That's Danny. What's going on, Danny? What's up, Randy? So, Danny, you were listening to a podcast and you mentioned changing the narrative is pretty important. Why? So I guess, you know, they were talking in terms of like anxiety and depression and, you know, really that, you know, it's the story that we tell ourselves, our internal story, our narrative that is causing the anxiety and the depression. And that a lot of the medications that we're taking, that people are taking are really just masking the symptoms, but not really doing anything to the story. Right. And so really to get a healthy outlook to, to be, have mental health, you need to actually start working on changing that, that narrative. But I was thinking about this too, in a broader way that, you know, like, literally we are meaning makers, you know what I mean? Like if you look at, I think the existentialists really hit the nail on the head with that one. You know, human beings, we need, you know, we create meaning and we do it through the stories we tell ourselves, you know, whether it's, you know, stories like the, that are told in the Bible or whether it's like, you know, just our personal everyday stories that we tell about whether we can succeed, whether we're good enough, whether, you know, we can accomplish something, whether we're smart, whether we're stupid, whatever. And so much of that is influenced, I think, by the outside that it can be really challenging. So I thought we'd talk about today, like, how can we maybe start to develop a healthy narrative what might we be able to do to start you know kind of creating a healthy story where we are in control of it rather than having it controlled well i mean that's that's a great point that you bring up because not only the existentialist but also the stoics they talked about (laughs) you know focusing on what's in your control and so i started listening to uh marcus aurelius's meditations this week and he talks so much on like focusing on what's in your control. Uh, and a lot of that comes down to your thoughts. So like, you know, it's going to rain on everybody, but it's up to you to decide what that means. And I think that's something where changing the narrative could be pretty helpful. Yeah, and he's actually a good example of trying to do that, right? I mean, he was a Roman emperor, but you see like the, the meditation is almost like a diary entries, right? And like, or it is really. And, you know, you see him constantly going back to the same problems over and over again. Like, oh, don't don't get stressed out about this. Don't get mad at people when they when they think this, you know, and it's really trying to work through that attitude, that state of mind and keeping in control of, you know, the kind of what he's telling himself. Right. That story. Dude, I think I think he's probably that's probably one of the most incredible books you could read, because here's a guy who has <laughs> every material thing that everybody on this planet wants. You know, he, he has all the he money. <laughs> he literally has all the money. He has all the power because he controls the armies. He could literally have any woman he wants. He could have anything he wants. And meanwhile, he's focused on, okay, I'm going to die. I need to really focus on what's important in life. I can't get caught up in these things because really in the end, they don't matter. They can be taken from me, whatever. So what can I actually focus on that's within my control? And it's, it's just like such a shocking book because he literally, like, imagine if Elon Musk was like, uh, a Buddhist monk or something like that. Like he renounced <laughs> all of his possessions and he said, you know what? Like that was great, but I need to focus on what's important. That's basically what Marcus Aurelius did. Well, dude, it's crazy too, because he wasn't like, he wasn't dressing really lavishly. He wasn't blowing money crazily. Like he could have, he totally could have. And he was going out on the front lines with his army, which he did not need to do. Like it's nuts. <laughs> yeah. When you mm-hmm. think about it. But it's that it's also that really strong sense of responsibility and personal responsibility that he had, like, you know, that it would be wrong to send people out if he wasn't willing to do these things as well. And I think that's 
it shows the, you know, I mean, in his case, you can say that word, like it shows his character so well. It is. It's an amazing work. But I think that's a nice one, too, because, like, you know, when you think about your personal narrative, I think we all struggle with this. And I think it is it is such a huge part that we sometimes forget about that, you know, it comes up, I think, very clearly when you're like when you are depressed and stuff, because you start finding yourself like berating yourself, telling yourself you're a failure, telling yourself you'll never succeed. But the more you I'm say not that sure to yourself, you catch yourself all the time. No, you times don't. when you're depressed, yeah. it goes on and you just believe it. Well, that's what, yeah, that's what you believe it. And then it becomes a reality. And I think this is what's so crucial that we need to kind of start thinking about more with our personal narrative, which is whatever you tell yourself, that meaning becomes a reality by default, because that's how you start seeing the world. You start interpreting your experiences in those terms. So if I say, I can't, I can't do this thing, I will not be able to do it because I'm going to defeat myself before I even try. And, you know, it's interesting, like, just to give you another example, um, like ideas we have about things in society, they're so heavily influenced by, you know, constructs of our social world. To just give you a stupid example, you know, we tend to think of in the U.S., we think of boys and girls having different color clothes as infants, right? Girls, it's like pinks, I think, and I don't know what other color, blues, boy, blue before boy, right? That all started because people used to dress their kids all in the same colors. But then a marketing guy back in, I think like it was like the forties or fifties decided that if we just push these two different colors, then they can't pass the clothes down to the next child. If it's a different sex. And so they have to buy more baby clothes and it was very effective. But think about how ingrained that is in society. Now, this idea that that color belongs with that gender. Right. And it's like, it doesn't mean anything. (laughs) So it's just, But if you accept the story, you know, if you accept that story, you accept the meaning and the world starts to look that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, So I guess the first thing is kind of noticing what stories you are accepting or what stories you're living in. Yeah. Yeah. This is the hard part, I think, though. (laughs) You know, I've tried. I mean, I've tried journaling, I think, can be helpful to kind of think about like what self-concepts you apply to yourself. How do you think of yourself? can be a good starting point but be you have to be honest and this is where it also gets difficult well i I think that's an interesting exercise to do is you know write out what your goals and your dreams are and then write out why you don't have them yet because that's an amazing story you're living in right now if you don't have your goals and your dreams or if you're not in pursuit of them then there's (laughs) some story you have right there that that you're believing that's an awesome way actually that's a really good way to get to it right that mm-hmm. you're not good enough, that it's too hard, that the circumstances are difficult, whatever it might be. Yeah, and that I you're think, too you know, young, too old, too yeah. stupid, too smart, you know, not happy enough, not pretty enough. All these different things we all make up believing that, oh, <laughs> yeah. if it was just a different way. Oh, if I just had more money, then I would be able to do this. Oh, if I just, you know, well, we just make up all these excuses because then we can stay comfortable where we but are dude, and be that's... like, oh, I can't get that. Yeah. You just hit the nail on the head that that's the crazy part about these stories, these narratives, is that it's all just ways to make ourselves feel better. It's all just explaining away. It's all making our, our reality intelligible, no matter how terrible it is, right? It's trying to make it meaningful. And 90% of the time, I feel like it's just giving ourselves excuses. It's blaming other stuff so that we can stay in our little state and pretend like, you know, it's ours and that we have some control. And so I think that the really crucial thing is that, you know, creating a new narrative, starting to actually be an author of our narrative means literally taking control in the strict sense. It means being responsible for ourselves in that important way. And 
I think importantly too, like, you know, it sounds really easy, but it's going to take a long time. I mean, people should understand that. I mean, you know, I think, I feel like I've been working on it for a long time, but the more you work on it, the better it gets too. You know? Right. And, and it'll happen. It'll happen infinitely more quickly once you start working on it. Because if you <laughs> yeah. just keep avoiding it, it'll never happen. That's a guarantee. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny how that's always true? <laughs> Absolutely. If you never work on it, it's just not going to happen. But once you start taking steps yeah. forward, it's going to happen. Like I love, I yeah. love the story about, I mean, they, they tell the story in a whole bunch of different ways, but basically there's like at a medical school uh, inauguration, like before school starts, they have like a big celebration for people who got accepted there. And there's like a 21 uh, year old kid sitting next to a 79 year old guy. And the 21 year old kid is like, don't you know, medical school is like eight to 12 years. I mean, you're 79 now. You could be like 91 by the time we graduate. And he's, <laughs> and the old guy's like, Listen, kid, I'm going to be 91 by the time you graduate either way. But this way, I'll have a degree <laughs> at that time. So it's like, we're all getting that. older. Good... Yeah. yeah, we're all getting older. We're all going to die. But like, are you going to spend your time fearing what you really want? Or are you going to take the steps to go after it? Dude, you know what? Though? That's funny. That hits on like, I think one of the most damaging and worst kind of lies we tell ourselves, which is I'm too old. Like, dude, I caught myself doing that. Like when I was, when I was struggling with depression, I caught myself doing that when I was like in my early thirties and I was like, wait a minute. No, I'm not like, you know, yeah. like you feel too old because you keep seeing these stupid stories of people that are 18 or 20 or whatever doing this. And it's like, but wait, I lucked still have, out. yeah, yeah. Right. They lucked out. Circumstances were great and they were doing something already and they got lucky because they were, yeah, they were doing stuff. So I'm, I'm not diminishing their, their part in it, but like timing, it was good timing and all. But it's like, mm-hmm. I still have ample time to do this. Like, whether I'm 40, whether I'm 50, like, it doesn't matter. Even if you're, 20, 60, 70, it doesn't matter. Like, even if you're 50, there's a great example in The Magic of Thinking Big, where there's this guy who's 50, and he's saying, I'm too old to do this. And so he asks the guy, he's like, when does a man's produ- or woman's productive life start? And he's like, well, probably around 20. And he's like, well, when does it, the productive life end? About 70. Okay, so you got from 20 till 70. Right now you're 50. So you're about 60% of the way through. That means you still got 40% of your productive life <laughs> done. You're going to hang up your hat now. Like you still have your best years ahead of you. And so it, it gives you a whole lot different idea to, or a different way to look at it because, you know, really, as long as there's still breath in your nostrils, there's still stuff to be done. Yeah. I mean, this isn't like, you know, it might've been true that way back in time, people were dying in their twenties and thirties regularly, but we're not, anymore. not anymore. We live a very long time. Yeah. Life is a lot easier. I mean, you don't have to like, you know, and I think that's, but that's one of the most damaging things we tell ourselves is it's the, I can't because of this, right. It's always that reason. And I think that's, yeah. that's an important thing too, is to look for that and to try and start asking yourself, why, why am I telling myself this? Like, what is it? Am I trying? Am I afraid? Am I? I mean, because you know, here's the other thing. I think a lot of us are afraid of success. You know, we really have these dreams that we want, but we're afraid of pursuing them because we're afraid, like, well, what if it actually works out? What the hell then? <laughs> like, then everything changes. My world changes. And mm-hmm. I think this is the other dangerous thing: is the lies a lot of times come from wanting everything to stay the same, no matter what the circumstances are. We want them to be familiar. We feel secure in the familiar. And so we're, we're afraid to take risks and we're afraid to take chances on ourselves. Yeah, for sure. Because we want these things because we think they'll bring us happiness. We think they'll bring us something that we don't have right now. Yeah. And that's like the yeah. biggest illusion that we have, that something external yeah. to what we have right now will bring us any happiness or joy. Um, yeah. Another thing that you were saying is also, instead of uh, saying, 
it's with when you say I can't do something, start asking how can I? Yeah. You know, because if you say I can't, of course you're I mean, simple, your brain just shuts down. But then you say, How can I? Well, maybe I could try this, maybe I could try that, maybe I could do a little bit here, maybe I could do a little bit there, maybe I'll keep trying. Because there's literally infinite possibilities in the world. Like I remember uh, when I was applying to vet school. I mean, that's like hard to get into, they say. I applied to eight schools my first year. I didn't get to any of them. So I could have given up. I could have said I can't. But I was just like, ah, what the hell? Why not just apply to more? And so I just applied to more. And then I got into them. So it's like, but it's like the same thing. In and at the end of the day, you didn't even look out. At the end of the day, I hated it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you right? know, it's funny. I applied to PhD programs like three times before I got in and got funding. And at the end of the day, I didn't even out. Yeah, exactly. Like most of the time you're doing stuff for some to impress people you don't even know or like or anything like that. Yeah. But I remember I remember when you told me the topic of this one, changing the narrative. What what came up in my mind was kind of uh, there's this story of a guy who has like two uh, two fighting dogs. And every day he would bring these fighting dogs and or every week he would bring these fighting dogs and they would fight. And he would always bet on the one that won at that end of winning. So like after many years of this, people were like, how do you always know which one wins? And the guy's like, the one that I fed, that's the one that wins. <laughs> and so it's kind of like changing the narrative is doing that with our thoughts. Like I'm very, I try and be very like conscious that. about only putting good thoughts into my head and good material. And like, I mean, right now there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with Russia and Ukraine and my heart goes out to those people, but it's not, it's not good news for me to to be listening to watching staying on top of 24 7 because it's not stuff that's going to make my life better or the people's lives that i have an impact on better so like being able to focus more on the positives in life enables me to have a better life and enables me to have uh those people around me have a better life as well you know what i think what you said too is important like i think a lot of times when i tell people like i don't pay attention to social media or the news they think i'm it's not that I'm not informed, but it's that I am not going to sit and watch endless analyzation and opinion throwing around of this stuff because re- realistically, it's meant to make you stressed. It's meant to make you worried. It's meant to make you angry because that's why you'll keep watching it. They it's literally outrage porn. It, yeah, literally. Yeah. I mean, you know, and the fact is, and I, you know, I was just talking about this yet, you know, a lot of stuff you can't immediately do anything about, or if you're going to do something, watching TV is not going to do it anyway. So it's like, you know, really like that, I think is important to consider, you know, when you're looking at this and it's sometimes it is turning off, right? All this external garbage, this noise that's really getting in the way of you having this healthy narrative and being able to live that life, be able to have that positive thoughts is necessary. Because you can, you can live so much better without it. Like it's been, it's been (laughs) almost like 13 or 14 years. Haven't read any newspapers, haven't watched the news, haven't scrolled Facebook, any of this stuff. And still, I'm pretty up to date. Like, I'm still alive. I'm still doing pretty darn well. But <laughs> yeah. I get to focus on the important things. Yeah, the stuff that actually matters. Well, that's just it, though. You know, it's like when you watch all that stuff, you don't have the mental energy to focus on yourself, to focus on your problems, on your things that you need to take care of. You don't have that energy. They actually did a study that found, like, you need positivity is, like, crucial to have the energy to deal with the challenges in everyday life. Like, without it, you lack that energy and you you start to fall into that negativity side, which is also into that blaming victimization and not doing anything. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's funny because it all comes back to these stories we tell ourselves. It all comes back to how we decide the world is explained. 
And I think it's like, it's amazing how much flexibility and power we have in, in, in determining that, but it's also very difficult because you also face a world of people who have their own ideas and who want you to agree with them. <laughs> oh, it's oh, yeah. fine, right? I'm always, I'm always shocked with how people so much want other people to believe what they believe. Like, really, who the heck cares? Like, you, isn't it okay that you believe it? Like, why do you need everybody <laughs> else to believe the same thing as you? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I think that's because, like, you know, everybody knows that in their hearts that it's kind of BS. And see, the only way to really feel validated is to find out that others believe it too. <laughs> that's yeah. kinda, I think that's it, you know? I'm not sure if this is true. If a bunch <laughs> of other people believe it, then it's definitely true. Yeah, yeah right. And my whole community believes it. It's got to be the truth. Yeah, yeah it's outrageous. funny. Yep. So, so what do you think people can do then to start maybe, because we talked a lot about like, you know, the impacts of it, kind of some suggestions, but what do you think they can do to kind of like start, start building a healthy narrative and creating a personal narrative that works for them? I think you really need to find out what you want to do with your life. Like, I mean, recognize that you're going to die. Like, I, okay. So listening to Marcus Aurelius, it's so crazy how much he says, like, your life doesn't even matter because in the grand scale of things, it's literally like the blink of an eye of the universe. Your life is inconsequential. And even if you're the most well-known person, even if you're Bill Gates, even if you're Elon Musk, guess what? In a few more generations, people are going to forget them too. And guess what? Once humanity is wiped out, they're wiped out too. So it's like your life is completely inconsequential. So it matters nothing. So what are you going to do with it while you're here? Because most people spend, spend all their time trying to do things for their parents or for their community or to impress other people, to keep up with the Joneses, all these things. I mean, if that's what you're doing, cool. But some people might say that's a waste of your time here. (laughs) You know, it's funny too, because like, you're right. Like the Stoics, that's a huge a huge focus for them is that realization that it just doesn't matter. None of it matters. And you're going to die. So think about that because it's important because the fact is when we die, are you going to regret everything? Or are you going to look back and be like, that was a life well lived because I did mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. It was right for me. And I think the existentialists focus on the same exact thing that just doesn't, I mean, you know, and it's hard, it's a hard pull to swallow at first, but it's also free because it means you can do whatever you want. You can make this exactly what you want, or you can, you know, kind of sacrifice it to other people's whims and, and wishes. And so I think that's a good point. Like, so getting at the core, like, what do you want? How do you figure out, like, you know, writing down your goals, I think, you know, figuring out your, I think values too is really important. Focusing on like what matters to me actually matters. Not like, you know, superficial things like getting the next pair of Jordans or whatever, but like actually what matters to me, what is important in my life? Yeah, that I mean, uh, Les Brown has some recording where he says, with what you've done with your life thus far, is it giving you what you want? Because really, I mean, that's essentially the point of life to give you what you want. And if you're not getting what you want, then you need to change something. So like, that's something where I listen to that recording every once in a while. And I always ask myself, I'm like, with what I'm doing, am I giving am I getting what I want? And if I'm not, you know, what needs to change? What do I need to do to change that? And, especially, and then I give myself a time frame. I'm like, okay, six <laughs> months. If this is my last six months, what am I going to be doing? And right now I'm like very happy because, you know, even though I had to struggle for many years to get where I am right now, right now I'm at a point where like, yeah, if this is my last six months, rock and roll, you know? Yeah, like, right. <laughs> you know what's nice though about that too is once you start doing what you want and once you're focused on the values that matter to you, it doesn't matter how long it took to get there because now you're mm-hmm. doing it. And I think people don't realize that, like the people stuck on that idea of I'm too old. It's like, dude, once you start, you realize you're not. 
immediate you will immediately realize you're not because all of a sudden you're in control of your life but i uh something else you said too i think there was like um oh shit i just lost my train of thought damn it well, let me, let me, it'll, it'll <laughs> come back to you while i'm telling this it's important that it takes time and effort because yeah. i remember when i was younger i succeeded very quickly with minimal effort and i thought internally that i didn't <laughs> deserve it because i got it very very easily and then i sabotaged yeah. myself so I was very, very clear and cognizant of that when I was putting in the effort because I was making sure that I know that this effort means that I deserve it. And so now that I can live this amazing life, I recognize that I deserve it because I put in so much, so much time of blood, sweat and yeah. tears. Like I feel that. Whereas the time before when it just came like that, which is what everybody wants. Everybody just wants to win yeah. a lottery or to get like it a, wants to be easy. A land yeah. But like you get that, it'll disappear and then you'll be like MC Hammer, you know? Yeah, I did think of it too, by the way. Yeah, so mm -hmm. when you know what you want, I think this is also crucial because, like, I think about this all the time. Like, you know, it's easy to like to look at, like, we'll keep using Elon Musk because he has all this money, right? To be like, oh, that'd be the life for me. But when I really think about it, I know it's not. I don't want that. And so it's also asking myself, like, in 10 years, what would I really want my life to look like? Is it about living in a certain geography? Is it about having free time to do a certain type of activity? Is it about really spending time with loved ones? What is the core thing that really matters to me? You know, and then thinking about then, then what actions do I need to take to make that possible, to make that happen? And I think that is what people forget a lot because I think for all of us, it's going to be a little different. It might be that we want a family. It might be that we really want to spend our lives outdoors or whatever. And the earnings part or the work part is secondary. And so that's fine. If you don't want to work 180 hours a week, then you definitely don't want to spend your life working all the time you know and it's like so finding that balance finding what matters is also crucial to to constructing the correct narrative and living the life that's right for you and i think we don't spend enough time thinking about that because we're constantly bombarded by this stuff telling us you know this is the best this is right these are the important people this is what matters and it's like no it doesn't none of this is going to be here in 100 years <laughs> yeah it's it, it really is like um figuring out what's important to you and then asking yourself why don't you have that right now? And then yeah. once you have that story down, like once you figure out, oh, it's well, it's because, <laughs> you know, my job just isn't a great job and I don't have the skills and, you know, I'm not good at school and I'm not good at math and all these. Once you have that whole story down, then look at that story and then you can change that story. Because no matter what, no matter what you were getting to this point now, guess what? Really good news. You can be completely different to get to where you want to yeah. go. Yeah. So like it doesn't it almost doesn't even matter. Like Will Smith says yeah. that he always knew that like yeah. where he was was completely inconsequential because from wherever he was, he could always change to get to where he wants to be. And that's a great mentality to have because everybody has struggles like this is OK. So I Dude, we've been talking yeah, about like yeah. reading biographies. OK, yeah. Reading biographies is like the most monumental yeah. way to learn that everybody faces struggles like insane struggles. Like yeah. I just read Quincy Jones's biography, Will Smith's biography, Malcolm X's biography. They <laughs> all face like insane childhood struggles <laughs> and look at yeah. what they became. So like yeah. all these people living up in like, you know, second class neighborhoods, not having too much stuff. Like some kid made fun of me in high school. That's why I have problems now. And it's like, yeah. you know, you got to grow up and read some of these biographies because you'll see Real people, everybody has problems that they overcome. But the thing is, overcoming those problems. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's like no matter how amazing and how famous people are, in 100 years, there'll be a bunch more people that are just as confused struggling with the same problems that we are. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like a reset constantly. It's really funny. It is it is mind-boggling that you can yeah. read this stuff from Stoics or existentialists, and it's just as relevant now as it was back then. Oh, dude, you know, it's funny. Like, uh, you look at history and you look at, like, you look at, like, the, the what archaeologists have found out about Pompeii. Dude, people were, like, struggling with the same things. It's the same problem. Like, literally, it's just perpet- it, human beings. We have these issues. We have these problems of meaning. We've all want to make our lives intelligible. We all want to explain things away. We all want, you know, it's just part of what, what it is to be a person, but, you know? You know what? Like, on, on many levels, life is so much better now than it ever oh, was yeah. back then. Like, I remember this, I read this book about uh, Rome, SPQR, <laughs> and like literally every politician back then got murdered. Every oh, emperor yeah, yeah. and every politician got murdered. Like, that's, that's how, that was that's how, how you. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's how it changed politics. It wasn't like you elect someone every four years. It was like every year somebody gets murdered and somebody else stands <laughs> yeah. up. Dude, that's, it was, yeah, it was the, a short run. You would like, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's like within a month. It was no. crazy. Yeah, yeah no, it, I mean, yeah, when you think about it in those terms, dude, it's like, you know, Dude, we have AC, we have heat, we have, you know, water and toilets, all, you know, all the technology. Yeah, it's like people live longer than ever. Like, and so, and it's funny because I think that gives us more time to focus on the mental stuff that maybe is harder sometimes too, because it's like seems murkier, it seems cloudier, it seems more difficult. But I think, you know, knowing that you can create your own narrative, I think that's the other thing I, I was going to say too. It's like, knowing that none of it matters is also very empowering for creating your own narrative because then you realize like, Oh, I can make the story up. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what, what I decide. I can do whatever I want with it. And that is really empowering. But yeah, I think so, you know, knowing what your values are, knowing your goals and starting to really reflect on the, why you think the way you do is also a huge step. Like I know it, it takes a lot of work too. It's very hard. Like it took me a lot of journaling. I remember when I was depressed to really figure out like, why was I telling myself these things? And what was I blocking myself from doing? Because a lot of times I think that's a great way to figure out which direction you should be going. <laughs> like we, you know, I think in the last few weeks, we talked about like our fears and stuff and that preventing you from that being the direction you should probably go in, right? That that's probably pointing you in the right direction, but you're running from it. And I think that's a, you know, that's another good tool to use to find that direction that you need. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's all out there. and. Hmm changing the narrative i think yeah, I yeah. yeah I, think we're, I think we're about good. i think you just need to recognize like what your narrative is now because we all have one like yeah, a lot of people yeah. think you don't have one but everybody has a narrative yeah and your narrative is either serving you or it's hindering you and so yeah. if it's hindering you well probably change it so it's serving you instead yeah and stay away from noise <laughs> Mm-hmm. Eliminate the noise. Keep so you can off the grass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap. Well, that's a wrap. That's I, I think that's about all for today's episode. Changing <laughs> your personal narrative. This is the Existential Stoic Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to check us out on the podcasting services, also on YouTube. I'm Randy. That's Danny. I'll see you later, Danny. Later, Randy. <laughs>